Welcome to Forging Plowshares. We hope you enjoy this conversation and are challenged by it. Please stay tuned at the end of the podcast for a short message about our ministry. And, and this is, I mean, this brings us to uh, Bernard Lonergan and the, the whole, uh, the, the thing that I understand about Bernard Lonergan uh, it, it was mainly through you, but but uh, in in conjunction with what is happening in philosophy of science, that uh, what is recognized then is that even in science, we don't have something that floats free of human culture, paradigms, hypotheses, or maybe I've already misstated it here. That as Michael Polanyi is is going to to describe all. Knowing is personal knowledge. And isn't that where Lonergan enters in? Yeah, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a difference in emphasis, but I, but I think you can, you can bring Lonergan's philosophy of science into a kind of constructive dialogue, with, with both with Kuhn and with Polanyi, but more so with Polanyi. Um, all knowledge is personal knowledge in as much as all knowledge is an effect of person's in the engagement of their, of their intelligence towards some known unknown. And Lonergan gives you the formal invariant structure, the operational structure of that in consciousness. And he demonstrates, this is what Insight does, the, the, the book, is it shows the respect in which that self-assembling invariant operational structure of knowledge is at work regardless of the arena of inquiry that you're dealing with. And so he begins with mathematics because it's entirely abstract. And so getting at, the, at what the operations are is really easy because you don't actually have concrete objects. Uh, you only have abstractions of thought. Um, you know, this is one of the, the fun things to do with a, uh, with a college freshman is, you, you know, you tell them, uh, tell them that they've never seen a circle. Because circles aren't things you see. <laughs> circles are intelligibilities. They're definitions uh, asserted by mathematics and grasped within a, a mathematical order um, that get represented by signs and, and pictures. But that's not what a circle is. Um, and so in, in Insight, Lonergan moves from mathematics to empirical science, to common sense, to self-knowledge, to, to uh objectivity to epistemology to metaphysics to ethics and in every case what he shows is that uh, it is the same structure of consciousness that's operative regardless of the modality of inquiry that it's engaged in so all knowledge is personal knowledge because the structure of knowledge within persons is invariant now I think there's a way of reading that especially a Kuhnian reading or a particular reading of Kuhn that might um, conclude from that that uh, the conclusions of science are these, uh, you know, in, entirely socially constructed um, illusions that gain stability within a research community for a period of time that get published in textbooks um, and that once enough anomalies accumulate within that research program, a new research program will emerge. And that's at one level true about the scientific community. So I, I, you know, I, th I think you could say, what is the structure of scientific revolutions? Well, it's really the structure of revolutions within the scientific research community. 
It's a kind of phenomenology of what concretely happens within uh, academic departments of science. Uh, it's, it's an analysis of, of how research programs change, sometimes very slowly and sometimes very dramatically and suddenly. Lonergan's point is always, if you want to understand what science is, don't ask a scientist. Because science is not a useful, is one of the, the thing that science doesn't answer is what is science. Right? That's, it's not supposed to answer that question because that's a philosophical question and not a question of empirical investigation. So he says, don't ask a scientist, but watch what the scientist does. Pay attention to the things that he or she is doing in the lab um, and then try to objectify what they're doing. Um, and when you do that, you'll find that uh, the canons of empirical method while they're specified by the objects of their inquiry, they have in their generic structure the same structure of operations that you'll find in all men and women of common sense, that you'll find at work um, in, a, in the philosopher, in the mathematician, uh, in the construction worker. Um, in every case, the order of inquiry remains the same, even as its generic structure is specified by the the, the objects of, of inquiry. Um, so I think, I think Lonergan gives you a, a, a more adequate phenomenology in, its, in itself of the operations that constitute science because he's gotten to the heart of what the invariant structure of consciousness is, whether you're talking about science or not. What Kuhn really gives you is the, uh, a really important analysis of the scientific community and a kind of phenomenology of research. And, and so I, I would more closely associate Lonergan with Polanyi on this score probably than with Kuhn. Uh, yeah, and that's the, I mean, that was Thomas Kuhn. Is, uh, uh, I, I started two different, well, actually three different uh, universities I went, and the, the introductory course was Thomas Kuhn's Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And I think we all presume that, that Kuhn uh, in some way had a handle philosophically on what he was doing. And, of course, what you recognize is, no, what he had a handle on was the, the sociology of science. That's right. Um, and, and, and I don't know that he ever adequately conceived the significance of his own work philosophically. Um, the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the point with that is that you end up with something like either cultural relativism, scientific relativism, which, uh, in, in a sense, you know, I, I would be the first. I used to sit in, a, I used to teach rooms for, I, I taught English in Japan, and I specifically taught English to scientists. So I'd have a, I'd have a room full of about 20 scientists coming from various fields. They might be medical doctors. They would be, you know, researchers of rice. They would be people doing artificial intelligence. And so I would begin the class just to be perverse. What is science? And, of course, <laughs> it, uh, the, that immediately it was clear uh, that, that even the mode of inquiry of the various disciplines was determined by uh you know the field that they were they were working in 
I, 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 it would be hard to sort out any unified thing from that. Well, I, I think the right there's two ways of interpreting that. One, you can say, "Aha, I got you." You, you're, if you're a, a scientist who can't um, give an adequate uh, uh, account of the scientific method that's that's philosophically rigorous, you've somehow um, failed as a scientist. And Lonergan's point is like, it's just that that's the objectification, the philosophical objectification of science is not a scientific question. And so to imagine you could use the canons of empirical science to answer that question is simply a category mistake. Uh Um, And and it would would actually be a sign of a lack of rigor on the part of the scientist, um, because that's not what the scientist, that's not the abstractive viewpoint that the scientist has selected in order to engage in the inquiry. Now you, you may have a talented scientist who's capable of doing the philosophical work as well, oftentimes specialized training in both doesn't frequently occur in one person. Um, but this is, this is why you have multiple departments of, of inquiry within a university because no single department is omnicompetent. Uh, Lonergan has this great line in Insight where he says, uh, Met- metaphysics is not the whole of knowledge, but it is the whole in knowledge. It's, it's not the only important or relevant uh, form of human inquiry, um, but what it's really after is that whole within any individual inquiry. Which that's the problem of asking any specific scientist to tell what, to say what science is if they're going to use their own mode of inquiry to give a holistic answer, in fact, I think there is an inherent, there's a breakdown. The, the obvious example of this, I had guys who were doing artificial intelligence. Well, then you ask them what intelligence is, and they'd say, well, it's something artificial. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so what, what Lonergan does is he, he helps you um, – see that what distinguishes methods are objects, are the, the terms of, of the inquiry. What's normative is not the class of objects or the class of terms. Um, and that's, I think that's the extra scientific opinion that often uh, gets smuggled into sort of Barnes & Noble philosophy is um, – Science is, natural science is normative in as much as the objects of natural science are what really counts as real. And so anything that isn't, um, is, isn't measured by the uh, sort of empirical qualities of sense is thereby not real. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about culture, right? For many, culture is entirely epiphenomenal because it's not a thing that you can, uh, that, that you can register according to sensation because it's a meaning, it's an intelligibility and not a datum of sense. But what Lonergan allows you to do is see the respect in which what's universal is not the objects or class of objects that are delivered by these different methods of inquiry, but the operations that self-assemble within the methods themselves. And so, uh, yeah, there is, a, there is something normative about the scientific method, but it has nothing to do with the objects of natural science and everything to do with the structure of inquiry that's, that's part of the eros of the human soul. 
that you're going to be able to objectify whether you're doing natural science or whether you're talking about building a house. Um, they, that you're going to ask questions of data and there are going to be different ways, different possible answers to those questions that you then have to uh, weigh evidence on to verify or falsify. And then you're going to have to engage in courses of action and responsibility in light of your uh, grasp of the truth or falsity of a set of situations. So sometimes that, uh, that self-assembling process happens in a laboratory when you're in- interrogating uh, some concrete field of, of empirical data. And sometimes that happens in psychoanalysis and sometimes it happens um, in politics, but rarely. Uh, and so, so in all these different arenas of human life, you have the same order of consciousness, but that order, that generalized method is specified according to the objects of particular kinds of inquiry. And that's what I think is often missed in a lot of these discussions is scientists will end up making non-scientific claims about the, the normative, uh, what, what, what really counts as real and will dismiss anything that isn't, um, an object of sense because you can't use scientific procedures in order to understand it. And then you'll have a reaction, a sort of anti-scientific reaction that'll say, well, look, there are these other things uh, that, that, don't, that aren't simply objects of sense. Therefore, science is, is somehow bad or invalid or, or whatever. And, and in neither case have you really gotten to what's really at stake, which is that, that generalized methodical order, that structure of, of the eros of the human soul that um, that is what is shared in common by all form by by all methods of inquiry. Let me see if I can sum this up, and and and, and I'm afraid that you're going to have to correct me because I'm going to try to include everything that we've just done. Um, but your own work, in other words, if you take Lonergan, my uh, the critique of an uh, someone who's totally unfamiliar with him. Uh, just on the base of our discussion, <clears throat> is that in some way Lonergan is is pre-theological. That, that here he is, he's laying out just a mode of inquiry, and maybe the way in which theology is the undergirding part of this. And isn't what you're doing then, you're, you're trying to bring that understanding uh, into, uh, to, to, uh, bring a theological inquiry to show uh, that this understanding is fully theological and can be made fully theological. Uh, I mean, Lonergan himself did that. I mean, that's what method and theology is. It's the, it's the specification of, of the generalized structure of human inquiry that he elaborated philosophically in insight as applied to the data of theology. Um, and so he's able to get at the, the specialized structure, communal specialized structure of theology as a specification of that more general mode of human inquiry. I'm really investigating just a very, very small segment of that um, and, and engaging a lot of his Latin work in order to um, sort of lay it bare. 
So, uh, but yeah, insight is is a work of philosophy. I mean, the la- the last chapter, chapter twenty, sort of uh, finally puts some theological cards on the table. But it's but it's because he's pushed the abstractive viewpoint of philosophy to its limit, and so to continue any further would be non philosophical. And so he he sort of comes to the 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 end of what philosophy qua philosophy can say, and then switches abstractive viewpoints into theology, which allows him to say something yet further. And that's where your work comes in. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, most of our conversation has really been at the, at the sort of 30,000 foot level with Lonergan. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really working at one half of 1% of, of his work, particularly, uh, as it as it's as it comes through his his uh, studies of Aquinas and his his Trinitarian theology, um, but, but in the background is is all of insight and and all of method and theology. Well, Ryan, thank you for introducing yourself. Now we can begin the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, when, when Paul and I have conversations on the phone, that's that's I think everyone got a good taste for that. Is it, doesn't really have a program or a schedule or a anything like that. It's just a sort of freewheeling conversation that uh, you you look at the clock and realize two hours have uh, <laughs> gone by rather quickly. Uh, I I yeah, this has been wonderful. This has been wonderful. I'm glad we could do this, and uh, I hope we can do it again. But before we go, uh, you Ryan, tell us about the uh, podcast that. Uh, you and a group of friends are doing, and let's uh, point people to that podcast. Great. Uh, so part of being involved in Lonergan studies all these years is that um, I've often found myself, whether in Milwaukee or Toronto or other, other major centers of uh, study of Lonergan's thought, uh, surrounded by other graduate students with whom I was just having these wonderful, life-affirming conversations uh, you know, s- sitting in bars and restaurants, just talking shop, um, and and having just a just a lovely time of it. And because we've all become fairly far flung, um, we we decided that we would start a podcast in which four of us would get together on a Saturday morning over the internet, um, assign ourselves some topic, and just have a conversation about it. Uh, for for an hour, and so um, we, after a, a lengthy planning period, we've we've now launched that podcast. It's called uh, Systematically. Um, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're on Twitter at at Systematic Pod, and we've we've released our preview episode last week. Um, we have episode tr- two dropping on Monday. And that will be our sort of usual course. It's a, it's a weekly theology conversation um, between four Lonergan scholars on a huge array of topics, the, the basic idea of which is to bring theoretical, systematic, philosophical uh, perspectives to bear on, especially on questions that tend not to receive that kind of treatment in the public square, um, whether that's... Uh, uh, theological notion. Our, in our preview episode, we have a long conversation about forgiveness, but treat of it in a, a philosophical and systematic key. Um, 
last week, what will end up being uh, our second episode, we had a long conversation about community, but again, through uh, a very elaborate uh, Lonerganian mode of analysis. And so that's, that's going to be um, moving forward. Our, our basic approach is to let, um, let folks eavesdrop on conversations that we would be having anyway. Um, so our, our, our usual structure is we have a, a main segment, which is usually a, about a 30 to 40 minute deep dive into some topic. Uh, followed by a, a segment we call uh, Treasures Old and New, in which we recommend an old book and a new book and give a, a brief explanation uh, of what the books are and why folks should be interested in reading them. Yeah, I, the, uh, I did listen to your first podcast. It was, it was wonderful to listen to. Uh, I wanted to have a call-in Porsche segment to the program. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is forgiveness a pos- possibility apart from miraculous intervention? That is the question. That is the question. Yeah. Brian, it's been great. Uh, let's uh, we have to do this again. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Forging Plowshares is a community dedicated to cultivating the peaceful kingdom by providing in-depth, transformative biblical and theological education and discipleship. If you have been moved by this podcast, please remember to share on social media. If you would like to know more about Forging Plowshares, would like to contact us with questions, want to ask about how you can get involved, or for more information about how you can support this ministry, please go to our website at forgingplowshares.org.